Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special <laughs> end of year episode of Arty and Sriram's Good Time Show. Uh, and uh, we have something very fun and unique. Uh, hopefully, you're all curled up. Uh, feeling Christmassy. Feeling Christmassy, <laughs> uh, you know, cozy somewhere. You're watching uh, one of the two movies which are acceptable for this time of year, Die Hard or Love Actually. So why are we doing this hat thing? Uh, well, I think it looks good. We had to get in the spirit. Uh, so we wanted to get in the spirit. So I ordered these off of Amazon but and got it instantly delivered. But all right. So we have something fun for you uh, today, which is we are going to go over some of our favorite moments, episodes, mm -hmm. TV shows, books, movies, and some other fun things uh, for this year. Yeah, um, this is our first year of going uh, live, uh, doing this on video. And, you know, we started the show almost exactly two years ago. Uh, and when we started, one of the reasons we really thought it, this was going to be easy was there was no video involved. We were doing this on live audio. We didn't have to get dressed like this. No hats. No hats. Um, and uh, we just thought it was easy to do it. So we were always afraid of doing it on video. And, you know, this year we were like, why not? Like, we, I think we've gotten enough confidence to just, like, do this. Mm. But it, it, the first few episodes were so unnerving. I don't know how you felt, Shriram, but you're, like, professional. You're, yeah. on like, always on stage and you love doing that kind of thing. I'm always the more introverted person in the family. And so it was uh, kind of unnerving to be on video, on camera, facing everyone here. But you've all been so good. Mm. And, you know, we've been looking at... The show, since we did this on YouTube like six, seven months ago, and, you know, I'm a metrics person. The numbers look so nice. And uh, just look at the numbers <laughs> every single morning. And the comments are so nice. So thank you. Thanks for just bearing with us and, you know, watching our show, giving us feedback, leaving all those comments, just saying nice things about us everywhere. You know, we really, really appreciate it. You have no idea. We took a break from uh, the uh, the old audio-only version of the show at the beginning of the year um, because we had a baby. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and we, when we restarted this on video, we weren't sure whether it was going to work. We weren't sure whether our audience would come with us. Uh, but we've just been blown away. And to Arti's point, the first few episodes were kind of crazy. Uh, we didn't have the tech figured out. Yes. Uh, you have all these things going through your head of like, are the lights okay? Are the guests okay? And we can see them and you're trying to read them. But we kind of got settled in. Uh, and I would say, you know, we're going to go through some of our favorite moments in a little bit. But I want to say a huge thank you to all of our guests who took a chance on us, who showed up late at night, who had technical... Especially when we had these live shows and they were just kind of like, I wouldn't say janky, but it, we didn't quite like figure out everything and mm -hmm. everyone just showed up. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, and also to everybody uh, who listens, watches, senses comments, uh, DMs on Instagram and yeah. Twitter yeah. Uh, and emails. Uh, keep them coming. We love it all. Okay, but... All right, so we're going to make some lists on this episode, yes. uh, some of our favorite things of the year. Yeah. Uh, and let's start off with maybe some of our episodes. So let's talk, what was your, one of one of your, some of your favorite episodes? Um, let's see, I think all the Mark episodes mm -hmm. were pretty much high up there for me. And you know, this is Mark Andreessen. This is Mark Andreessen. This was because he was drinking whiskey on the show whiskey is irish for the for the water of life and so now we have the water of the life the nectar of the gods yeah mark is one of those people who is it's such it's kind of a privilege to be able to like sit down with him he's you know spent multiple hours with us through the last few months just you know doing the show with us i think the first ever episode we did on video was with mark and steven sanofsky uh i think we talked then one of the favorite clips and it's it's this clip that's just like 
one of our i think it's the best done clip metrics wise is the one on like what is an idea maze and what is his advice for founders so mark uh, a lot of he maybe he talked about the current thing he talked about wokeness but all of that stuff but really my favorite parts were about um founder advice especially founder advice going into the downturn uh market crashed what happens now um i think the most recent one where he talked about Asian cultures you know recommended the courage to be disliked mm-hmm. the book and uh, how to basically you know, do your thing like you know defy rules defy the norms and be able to be a founder and build your thing even when it's not fashionable those are full of grit mm-hmm. and i i love those episodes they are my personal favorite but we also had some great guests who yeah. is your favorite other guest uh, well i just just to finish up on mark uh first is what are the interesting about interviewing mark is uh you know he'll always ask us hey what do you want to talk about Yeah. and he comes really prepared he comes really prepared he has all these things he wants to say and when you get him going he talks in these very complete structured paragraphs and uh, and you're sometimes interviewed to just get a word in but uh Tyler Cohen has an interesting phrase where he says a great podcast is this unfurling of dramatic tension between the host and the guest and with mark every once in a while if you interject and you know if you get in the right thing uh he's going to take off on that direction and it doesn't he's always work but the only guy you don't have to listen to it at uh, 1.5x or 2x speed because he true. talks so fast he has so he, he thinks really fast and is able to deliver all of those thoughts at that speed in complete paragraphs it's uh, insane okay <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say next up is AR Rahman uh, yes. for many reasons and first off and and I think this is really an arty episode in so many ways because I think she made it happen So what we mean by that is each of us we get to quarterback episodes like behind the scenes this is kind of how we do it where Shriram has uh, Shriram episodes and I have arty episodes and we pick up the task of organizing scheduling preparing writing like our preparation doc working with the host we're working with the guest uh figuring out the structure all of mm-hmm. that and so it's very hard for both of us to do it for all episodes all the time so we each take turns so the revan one was my episode mm-hmm. um i think first of all the introduction came from shankar who is many years my senior in college and we kept in touch uh and he's he's in the interview too if you've seen it but air rahman who is he well air rahman uh, for anybody who has remote ties to india uh, or, or even otherwise he's a legend he is probably one of the most well known successful uh, music composers uh, you know well known for making some some of the most resonant inspiring music in movies uh, and otherwise for over 30 years now uh, for folks in the US you might know him for winning the oscar for uh, working on slumdog millionaire and a bunch of other movies but in india he's really an icon and this is really a childhood idol of ours uh, this is somebody who was the soundtrack to our childhood this is somebody who has hundreds of millions of fans this is somebody you know our, this, one of the few guests our parents were impressed by yes. when we got him and you know it's really hard not to get starstruck uh, when you're with him and there was a whole process it was this was a long time in the making over a year and arthi managed to get this happen and shout out to shankar who helped us get it and we we really want to go all out for this episode so we had a crew uh, he uh, air raman was in oakland doing a concert so we went out to the hotel he was staying at took over a room and you know and and when he walked in we were just kind of starstruck we were like you know it was like watching somebody who's a childhood idol just in person uh but he you know he came to play he came to play he was very humble very grounded you know just walked into the hotel room sat down next to us and shriram and i were just speechless which 
does not happen often for Shriram. Um, and, you know, he's the Mozart of Madras and that's the city we grew up in. So this is a really, really big deal. Like we all grew up listening to his music every single day. I think this year my Spotify number one artist is mm-hmm. Rahman. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it, you can't overstate how important this interview was and how important it was for us to not mess it up because I think there was a lot of just responsibility from our friends, family to just make this successful and it was. And he was, you know, very kind, gave I think over two hours of his time. He was late for another dinner and he just like continued to like sit with us and just talk. He talked about, I, we had a very, inter- I think a lot of comments captured this too in the episode. We covered a different aspect or different side of Rahman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are not deep into like, we're not musicians. And so instead of just covering like, you know, movies, music, just that alone, we also asked him about technology. Um, he had taken an AI course and we talked about mm-hmm. that. Um, we talked about, you know, his interest in music gadgets um, and technologies there. Um, I think we also talked about uh, VR and his movie. And so it was a very different kind of interview. It, we also talked a lot about his spirituality, mm-hmm. uh, parenting, his advice to us because we're new parents relatively um, and all of that. So I love that episode. Um, it's just one of those bucket list interviews uh, that I'm really grateful that it just mm-hmm. came together and it came together so well. It's also very important because I think it's the first time we had such a famous guest come together on video. Everything worked out. Yeah. We spent a whole day. We went out there. We had a crew yep. uh, and uh, all, everything was just perfect. Uh, you know, um, people seemed to love it. And during the episode, we could really connect to him on a yeah. human level. One of my favorite moments is, uh, you know, he could really tell middle way that we had done our homework and we had watched every single thing he'd ever done. And I could see it across from him. So that was yeah. a uh, sort of a personal life highlight, among other things. Okay, next other episode. Um you go. Okay. Well, I would say Indra Nui, the former CEO of Pepsi, uh, was another highlight. Again, there's another Aarti episode in some ways because uh, Aarti really made it happen. But Indra is really special because, one, you know, she comes from the same city as us. So there was a lot of upbringing and social ties. And, you know, we could really connect. Like, before we went live, we would just banter in Tamil and we would gossip. And she's so fun. But once the camera is on, um, she is just so polished. And such a fantastic communicator. Yeah. If you haven't seen the episode or if you don't know who she is, highly recommend just watching 10 minutes of it. And you will see the, uh, how uh, effective she and, is, yeah. as a communicator, right? Uh, knows what she's saying, is incredibly confident, somebody who's lived through a lot of life and just inspiring. And so that was a, again, another life she, highlight. And she's also, you know, as we think about how to speak better, especially on this show, how to communicate effectively. We look up to people like Indra because she's really mastered it. Like, you know, you can tell that part of her success, like obviously she works incredibly hard, Mm -hmm. you know, she deserves all the success and more. But part of it, I think, also comes from her ability to just very quickly, effectively communicate things and have gravitas. Like she's just got enormous gravitas when Mm -hmm. speaking even the most like mundane things. I think there's just a lot to go learn from her. Um, Okay, other favorite episodes of mine. um, I really like Balaji. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balaji Srinivasan yes. for three hours about, for three hours he talked about The Network State which is his new book and we talked about a lot of other things too I think for me I, we did that 
when did we do that that was like sometime there was very early uh, there was yeah. very early in our episodes and uh so said to see uh balaji who lives in an undisclosed location uh, he was doing this in the middle of the night with us it, i was after 3 hours uh, i was getting hungry uh, and, uh, <laughs> and and it it we could have probably gone like 7 hours 8 hours uh, like lex uh, friedman did uh, but one of my favorite things about this episode is balaji is obviously genius and uh, um and he's somebody where you set him off on a theme and he's going to you know go both breath first and depth first but one of the fun things i like with balaji is to kind of take him off of his usual script so we had fun we talked about i think his family we talked about other things he likes to do because it is so not the thing that he usually talks about so we get to see a much more human warm fuzzy side of balaji yeah. and that was fun um and it again it's one of these episodes we really seem to connect with people um and i think there's an interesting challenge in a podcast where you have a guest who a lot of people have heard from multiple yeah. times in various different formats yeah. and you want to try and get something new, new from them, sort of um, them. Uh, while also giving them something that everybody kind of wants to come to hear like um yeah so we go to a marvel movie you know you're not going for a french artistic movie you're coming to see superheroes do fun stuff and uh <laughs> so with balaji you had to do both you had to do that but you also get something new and i think we hopefully got something new so that that was another fun episode i uh, think in a similar way in tanmay but was like that for us yes that was a, a fun one because uh tanmay you know we've been friends with tanmay for a while and uh, tanmay doesn't do a ton of interviews now but i think like he he's very much like a public figure personality right and so we wanted to get this other side of tanmay um he's funny but also like really warm he talked about just you know how he perceives uh how like you know there were things like how to tell a joke and he breaks it down for you or you know how did when did he think he had made it like you know cross that boundary of like being this local yep. uh, you know celebrity within his town like within mumbai to like everybody now knows and just growing up with youtube and putting out his like comedy over there um i think all of that was just really really good um tanmay is again one of those folks where it gives you this really warm fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. um because um he he's just he, he again is he's a really good communicator just effectively comes across brings out his point on like how to be funny yeah. in a really interesting way the, the thing about tanmay which is interesting and this comes across in the episode is tanmay is one of india's leading comedians and uh he's so used to being funny he's so used to being on and a showman but if you watch the episode you can see one of his real superpowers is to deconstruct people yeah. and deconstruct emotions and situations and we do get into that uh, part of the episode where we kind of deconstruct the nature of comedy deconstructing the nature <laughs> of what makes something work with an audience uh just incredibly sharp uh, fun episode uh, one last episode i want to point out is the one with Brian Armstrong. Brian I think was our second episode uh yeah. or third episode and he was in a hotel room he had a glass of wine and he just really opened up uh, you know he opened up about everything that happened at Coinbase he opened yeah. up about at one time how we wanted to quit and do something else he opened up about uh, how he's kind of grown as a founder and uh, and so often when you're talking to somebody in roles of power and who has an organization or an institution behind them they are so controlled yeah. um and they have these lanes that they want to stay in and I respect that I've been there we've all been there but Brian was so open so candid mm. uh you know just really really wanted to share things and um, I think at some point um I had even asked him do you think Coinbase should have gone public or do you ever think that was a mistake which you know most founders um it's it's a tough question to ask them uh, especially in a market that's like not doing well you know they just gone through a bunch of stuff um and uh, he was just so candid about it you know he thought about he actually 
articulated it as like, yeah, there's a case for whether we should have gone public and he just like laid it all out. So if you haven't watched that episode, it's one of our favorite episodes on um, how good founders are, like, you know, how to be a good founder. I think uh, there's a lot to just go learn from mm-hmm. uh, Brian there. Um, I know you like this one episode a lot from uh, by Andreas Kling. Yes, this this may be my personal favorite of the year on certain dimensions. Andreas Kling is a solo developer founder of an operating system called Serenity OS. Uh, he basically is almost a one-man show yeah. writing an entire operating system from scratch. But that's not what makes him interesting or that's alone not what makes him interesting. He has a fascinating story which is very open about where he struggled with addiction, um, went through a very dark time and you know used his recovery process, tied it to what he was building and uh, uh, it just is a really inspiring way. Uh, and this just kind of speaks to me because uh, he may not be one of our more famous guests. He will be, I think, uh, because people recognize his sheer skill and brilliance. But he was so open, so vulnerable, um, and just kind of nerded out. Uh, um, and it just, you know, one of these things which I look back upon and I go, okay, I'm so happy we did that and we got that conversation done. Um, just really, really happy with that episode. Highly recommend it. Yeah. All right. So those are the episodes. Um, let's move on to some other stuff. Well, I wanted to ask you this, and I know this was not yeah. a part of our preparation. What were your personal highlights from this year for just you as such? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Personal, professional, uh, well, outside, doesn't matter. Uh, well, of course, uh, uh, the, you know, we had a uh, our second kid, yeah. which uh, has to be there yeah. uh, 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 at the top of the he list. He was born right after the new year in January, and... Uh, no, now he's like 11 months old, which is unbelievable. That is crazy. <clears throat> and so having two kids, seeing them interact, yeah. seeing us change and adapt to having two kids in, in, in what is a really interesting year, that's been um, uh, quite the experience. Uh, I would say then starting to work full-time on uh, crypto is probably yeah. one of the best things I've done. Uh, I'm order to, you know, work on the crypto side of Andy's Norwitz, and that has been amazing, uh, you know, working with some amazing founders, technologists, uh, you know, team members, that's been a blast. Uh, and I think the third part and is really this on multiple levels, because yeah. uh, we always wanted to work on a project together, and we couldn't really figure it out. Um, and we had the audio version, and I think in some ways a break helped us, because we could be like, okay, you know, that was great, how do we take it further, how do we make it bigger? And this has already opened up so many different avenues, but mostly it's kind of a creative outlet. Yeah. You know, it's something you get to do outside of kids and outside of your day, uh, jobs your day job. Yeah. Uh, it really aligns with our day jobs, which is great, uh, and aligns with what we want to do. It's all just an excuse to meet fun people. Yeah, the number of people who've come to us, you know, either like on the on the streets, which is bizarre. Like it tells you also about like this the San Francisco founders culture, hmm. uh, but also just outside. Like I think in the airports. Uh, online, just people reach out. I know you from the show. Uh, we would do like Zoom calls with other founders and just people, even not even in tech, and they'd be like, "Yeah, we know you from the show," kind of thing. Which is it's 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 so fun because for us, this is like this is we don't see this as a job. We kind of see this as like an an outlet, a creative outlet for us. Mm-hmm. It's a project that we love doing. Um, oh, it's about one show a week, so about four hours ish of shows a month. It's amazing how much we enjoy the whole process. Yeah, it's also just, you know, it scratches this, this founder creator itch, which is super fun. Okay, yeah. next segment. Maybe one from each. Favorite movie of the year? One from each? Okay, you go. Uh, well, this might be on both of our lists, I think. Uh, I'm gonna go, go for th- it, it's fine. Uh, I'm going to go Top Gun Maverick, which might be an obvious choice. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a few reasons. First of all, I think it sort of signified movies being back. This is a movie you had to see on the big screen. Uh, it was an amazing experience. We got to see our opening weekend mm-hmm. uh, in IMAX. 
Uh, I would say it was movie in all caps, M-O-V-I-E, uh, huge cinematic experience, huge technical uh, breakthrough. Uh, I can't think of a more perfect movie in terms of striking the notes of uh, technical excellence, uh, the shots in the in the plane, the sound engineering, uh, all of it. You can really see they push the boundaries, really kind of pushing the boundaries on just nostalgia, but not overdone. And honestly, you know, one of the ways we kind of evaluate movies is when we come back, do you want to watch it again? Do we want to talk we about it? Did. We, went we actually did. <laughs> we went back the very next day. Uh, again, which is, which is really road. hard to, with like two small kids. I mean, for folks who have kids, you know, like finding like a sitter, childcare, two continuous nights uh, is kind of a big deal. But we made it happen and yeah. we actually went. It was crazy. Um, uh, and you know, even to this day, you know, there are times when I watch the uh, the third act or uh, Tom Cruise flying the course by himself again and again. It's just brilliant. It's, it's just really totally brilliant. Well I think just a testament to movie making and you know Tom Cruise being a freaking movie star. So that's mine. Yeah. Um, my, I think, uh, uh, Top Gun, obviously. I think one other favorite of mine, and I dragged Sri Raman to go see it in the theater, is PS1, which is Pony and Selvan 1. Uh, for folks who know, you already know, this is Kalki's uh, book that became a movie after, you know, this is a big historic attempt by Mani Ratnam uh, and our favorite mm -hmm. A.R. Rahman uh, to bring this whole world in. And it's a um, part true story, part mythical story of the times of uh, Choras, Raja Raja Soran, um, and him coming into power. And so this is like, you know, first movie, I think there's going to be a next movie next year. Um, I'd read the book, the first book as a teenager, and then the rest of the books through college. And it had left a deep impression in me on, uh, uh, man, wouldn't it be nice to see this as a movie? And I think a lot of people kind of grew up when at the same time as me having this very similar vision and to go see it in the big screens i remember telling shriram this is my marvel movie of the year um because it was so epic it was just big budget really well done you know a, a list actors movie stars just like this real star power movie and the you know the first song shows up and it's also the, the interesting thing is it stayed pretty close to the book um which is awesome to, to most times they just adapt it and it doesn't resemble the book much. It like kind of deviates away, but so much fun. It was so great. Um, I love the movie. Mm -hmm. It was uh, really enjoyable to watch. So that is like, I think one of my favorite movies of the year. We, I think there are two others. Hon honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Bullet Train was one, I think. Oh, that's a surprise. Yeah. Um, I think Bullet Train was, uh, we didn't, think it was going to be the movie that it ended up being when mm -hmm. we started watching it i guess is like one way to put it it was this very fun japanese movie meets tarantino mm -hmm. i guess uh with very like, comic book yeah exactly and it, it just felt really fun and really lightweight so we really enjoyed it i think the most recent one we saw was tar yeah, Tar was spectacular. I, I do think Star and Top Gun Maverick have one interesting theme in common, which I think they're both about excellence. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Top Gun Maverick, and there's been a lot made about uh, Top Gun and Space in the Culture Wars. But I do think at one end, it was like, hey, a bunch of people who are just really, really good at what they're doing, mm -hmm. pushing boundaries. And Tar, incredibly different genre. Uh, I think Kate Blanchett uh, is up there with Michelle Yeoh, um, you know, for winning a, uh, an Academy Award for Best Actress. But I do think there's something about pushing yourself to the boundaries of excellence and what it takes, which is common. But Tar, again, we watched it last uh, few days ago. Uh, we've been talking about it. I think the first scene opened up and we were like, I'm not sure. Like, we, you know, we don't, we are not like, you know, we don't really understand that whole world of like opera music and just 
concert performances and mm-hmm. stuff really well so when it started out we were like i don't know this might not be for us this might be too like frou frou for us mm-hmm. uh and then like first scene breaks out second scene breaks out and we're like this yeah. is really good they, they, like, they really bring it very quickly and uh if any of you watched our we'll all discuss it uh, we've been discussing it quite a uh, uh, quite a bit one more movie i think everything everywhere all at once oh my god yeah uh, it is really hard to talk about the multiverse or parallel timelines or simulations in any way without sounding like you're repeating yourself without sounding derivative this is a theme which has been done in a million movies i mean even this year there were two movies like this and doctor strange uh, which both tackle the billions of books but i think the movie makers here and the movie was just so well done so imaginative both in terms of pushing the sci-fi version but also making it very grounded uh, in a human level especially in asian level which we felt really related to mm-hmm. again i think this is going to win a bunch of awards it's really up there as one of the movies of the year a real true highlight yeah i agree okay all right one book each of the year one book each the one that um this you know this is not a book that released this year but uh, it's kind of making made an impression on me um is the walter isaacson's book on leonardo da vinci mm-hmm. um and i've been it's it's a pretty big book i've been like reading it through or listening to it uh, through audible through my runs it, i love it it's just you know and a lot of it you don't really know what exactly da vinci was thinking he obviously there's like a whole diary of notes and stuff but just how incredibly creative he was and not to state the obvious just being able to do be really good at multiple professions at the same time and coming out of nothing coming out of like basic poverty as such and being able to like you know not a legitimate son and coming out of that world mm-hmm. to just kind of being the a lister the the star player in the art scene um is just it's just phenomenal like it's like this slow rise of uh, who is this guy da vinci and how is he so prolific and just people uh, commissioning him for like different words of art um if you haven't read the book it's worth a read uh, i thought it was really inspiring um i like books like these which are like you know slow moving biographies of famous people because mm. you kind of sort of like get into their worlds and understand their motivations a little bit so i thought that was great what's your pick Uh, yeah you you you've read a lot more books than uh, i have well i have a whole system uh, yeah. which is like i stack books out on my table and i just kind of grab one i'm going to pick one so there's a funny story so i was i think we were in the theaters for top gun maverick and there was a trailer which played for christopher nolan's uh, upcoming movie on robert oppenheimer yeah. uh, who's the father of the atomic bomb and i can i googled it later i figured out i found out it was based on a book uh, uh, called american prometheus the triumph and tragedy of j robert oppenheimer by kai bird and pan sherwin and i heard of it never read it and read it and it was amazing and i think it's amazing a few levels i had all of us kind of heard of oppenheimer but he's such a fascinating person um you know he's he's flawed he's brilliant he's difficult to work with but when called upon delivered greatness um mm-hmm. and then has sort of a tragic uh a uh, kind of betrayal uh, and story after the atomic bomb uh, you know um it, it, and it, it's just like a fascinating story it's very well told uh you know so i think i highly recommend that it actually set me on a path just reading a lot more about um you know uh, the history of nuclear energy uh, atomic weapons highly recommend also the making of the atomic bomb by robert rhodes which is also a classic close but the, the robert oppenheimer book is fantastic because of the human drama between him uh, general graves and i think soon to be a fantastic you know christopher movie. nolan yeah. movie so i'm going to pick that as my one big book of the year um i think there are other books too uh you should li- you, you mean you've probably read like i'm not even making this up like 100 books this year 
Uh, Firam's a prolific reader. I think some other books that I really liked, uh, Built by Tony Fiddle was, oh, that was really nice. Oh, a great nice. book. That was a great book. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I also really liked uh, Michael Dell's uh, Play Nice But Win. Fantastic book all through his childhood and getting like making of Dell, Dell Computers. Um, that I thought was like fantastic. Steven Sinovsky actually has a great uh, tweet thread on uh, the top books that he'd enjoyed reading. And he had year. a book himself he on Substack, himself. which yeah, we talked about in our previous episode. Yeah, Hardcore Software, which, you know, if you are anywhere in that world of um, old school, early stage like Microsoft, great, great book and series. I think he just finished the last chapter, mm-hmm. uh, but really fantastic there. Um, I think that was really good. I, I really liked Who's Michael Ovitz. Oh, that was a great book. That is a great book. Yeah, um, I only read it this year, and uh, that that entire world of being an agent mm-hmm. uh, and just entering that entire world, like how how do you structure a deal and work with talents, like different talents? I think was just fantastic for me to read. Uh, I'm trying to think. There were like a bunch of other books that I'd like really enjoyed this year. Uh, I think I'm going to pick a couple of other also fiction books, which I think made an impression on me. Uh, a recent one, again, this is a bestseller, so not, uh, a lot of people might have read it, uh, is Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. has so much going for it. Kind of a mystery, really gets into Hollywood, old Hollywood glamour, which is the time and era which I love. Mm. Uh, has a very satisfying uh, ending. No, uh, stop. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's not a spoiler, really. Uh, it is really well done. Really well architected, crafted. We also and read the Marilyn Monroe book this year. That was great. Multiple yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe books, yeah. That was yeah. also pretty good. Uh, and one last book, I think, uh, is, again, another well-known book is uh, on the fiction side is The Lincoln Highway by Amar Tulls. And Arthur and I always kind of, you know, love the idea of the American road trip. And this is the quintessential road trip book Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, it's not a spoiler you know uh, a couple of young people setting out on a road trip getting lost getting to adventures and discovering themselves in america along the way uh very well done um you know um, i think probably one of the books up there so what were some of uh mark's uh mark and recent book recommendation that you've read i think i this year i read the courage to be disliked Uh, which i thought was really interesting especially coming from indian culture i think it was kind of a really interesting book to go read because you're so used to you now that we've been here for over a decade you can kind of see the dichotomy of the two different like the western and the eastern culture um on family community um all of that so i i thought it was a really good book uh i would say anybody who's been paying attention to mark this year would probably have wound up reading two books one is the machiavellians and the yeah. other is ancient city, ancient city yeah. uh you know the authors were around i would think that mark has some sort of secret deal to drive <laughs> book sales for them but no i think they really uh, help explain a lot of what's going on with the tech industry and culture more broadly so highly recommend uh all of burnham's work especially machiavellians yeah. and ancient city okay uh, i have something in there which is our favorite in-person community moment and i put this in there because i really want to talk about uh you know what we did in chennai and the mm. event we did mm. um, and so a couple of months ago arti and i were in india and at the last minute we decided to say hey we would like to do an event a meetup for people who watch listen to our show honestly we had no idea whether anybody would show up uh, it was also raining just a torrential downpour uh, like only uh, southern india uh, tends to have but it was amazing uh, we had, you know, the venue uh, capacity could have easily, we could probably 3 x it. We had hundreds of people show up, hundreds of people who couldn't make it because it was a last minute. And, uh, you, you know, it was just really touching for us to, it, I mean, we love the comments, we love the emails, we love the notes, but to see people in person, talk to yeah. us about the episodes, yeah. ask us for advice, it, it really just emotionally, you know, really connected with us. Yeah. Um, 
people who just i think it was an orange alert that day for the cyclones and uh people just braved the rains and just showed up and chris who helped uh, organize host the whole thing and his you know team of folks um just did a phenomenal job and we you know i think we did an episode just specifically covering that and uh a lot of people left comments uh and uh, naming their cities and uh, asking us to do in person meetups and we would love to do a few next year um and you know so we'll get back in touch I, once we figure out you know schedules all of that stuff but you know at least like san francisco i think we should do a meetup mm-hmm. um we found it just incredibly invigorating not just for people to come in and for us to meet them but for people to like start seeing people interact with each other um that i think was just really fun for me um it almost felt like my yc days where you had like founders just engaging and chatting with each other and uh, you know being a startup founder is such a lonely lonely job uh that anything we can do to make it feel like a more of a community i think goes a long way so we hope to do more of these yeah. um and just do more in person meetups and if you're seeing this if you love for us to do a meetup in your city if you love to help with one uh uh wherever you happen to be just send a comment send us a dm and there's something we'd love to do much more of in 2023 not just here in silicon valley we want to do that but also all over the world okay most i would say in a prep talk it says defining incidents the technology world <laughs> for this oh, year oh man i totally uh, missed that <laughs> yeah there's a few yeah uh, okay, well let me start with one okay. um i would say that uh the move from ethereum from proof of work to proof of stake is really up there on multiple levels mm-hmm. uh first of all it just worked uh you could barely notice it mm-hmm. uh, uh one moment you were running on um you know um, proof of work and you held the miners and next moment you were not and this is a project which was years in the work brought together so much mathematical uh you know scientific theory um huge tech software development engineering process across a disparate distributed set of people who often hadn't met each other and uh you know all brought together so uh this is really uh, a very very unique underappreciated uh, achievements uh, for not just the world of crypto which i think it's going to be momentous for but just for kind of like building technology and pushing it forward so uh this would that would be one of my top yeah. picks of uh 2022 could be for 2023 and beyond also because <laughs> i think it's so I think, amazing i think in a similar vein uh we spoke to both imad and uh, alex wang uh and both of them we'd covered i think oh, we forgot to talk about pamalaki's Pam episode too mm-hmm. um but yeah we spoke to a few of these like leaders in ai as such and uh i think the trend of uh, you know especially with chat gpt i think is like such a big moment um and you know what open ai has been building and chat gpt is only gpt 3.5 mm-hmm. and they're going to lo- roll out gpt 4 soon so i can't wait to see what that's going to look like but the whole like this year was dominated in ai in the world of like prompts and llms um prompt engineering work um incredible artwork creativity um chat gpt being out there and people just like trying out in really interesting prompts uh what this means for future of schooling of teaching um uh, writing essays like you know there are all these questions out there and so i think we are basically ending the year with a lot of promise and i can't wait to see what next year is going to look like for the world of ai but i think chat gpt um and you know mid journey stable diffusion um all of these just launching this year or rolling out this year and being really well known even like almost getting into this world of like people outside of the tech world 
knowing what these are and what they mm-hmm. can do i think has been such an interesting phenomenon to just observe and it it's early but it looks very promising yeah and yeah and i think the chat gpt especially what has been and stable diffusion and dali uh, which came out yes, earlier in the yeah. year uh seems like so much has happened uh, i would say it just kind of has captured people's imagination in ways which i think back i think about the iphone i think about ajax i think there's really few times when people are going like oh um this is cool Step i want to play with it but i can also see what's possible yeah. and are just energized in uh, in a very unique way it's only happened a few times and i think that's there and i think we're going to do more episodes around this and invite like some interesting people in the world of ai to come you know share what they've learned and what they're building on our show it's something that mm-hmm. i'm really excited about yeah uh, it's going to be super fun we have some fun guests there in there okay i'm going to pick one last moment uh and i'm going to say i uh, wonder what it can be uh, it's going to be elon buying twitter and there are many many reasons i think this is uh one of the moment, defining moments of the year but for me i'm going to go with we sort of been in a world of stasis in the world of social media um and tech for a quite a while on multiple levels it seems like you know the world kind of caught itself into a few large social media companies and you kind of had a sense of where each where how they competed what each other's roles were you also i think had a sort of agreed upon way of how tech companies should be run how managers should work and i think what this has done it is totally shaking everything up um and you want to call it shaking up cha- expanding the overton window uh you want to uh call it like just showing people a different way as possible but now you know i think people see that oh wait the world of social media can change will change i think a lot of founders and ceos are seeing that there's a different way of running their companies that is possible it is very early to predict like how all of this turns out but things have been shaken up and it's going to be very interesting to see where why all this winds up going in uh, next year 2024 yeah i think so too i think uh, you know we'd both worked in different social media companies and this is i think for the first time we are like people are like sitting up and like taking notice because um, like you said i think it's just like stagnated a little mm-hmm. bit so we don't know what this is going to look like what the future is going to look like but i think elon buying twitter like elon with like no experience building social media companies uh, obviously has like clearly done a lot of important interesting work in in software before and hardware um landing rockets i think uh, mark and reason says he can land rockets on his butt uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so it, it'll be interesting to see what what happens here what if anything changes in the world of twitter specifically but the world of social media overall yeah it's going to be boring for sure uh with elon around okay one last thing which is one thing in the world of technology or business uh, or the, the world of work that you're looking for in 2023 and i think we covered ai i'm really excited to see what happens there mm-hmm. especially around like what are the some, some of the startups building interesting ai applications i think it's going to be really fun uh, i think similarly in the world of crypto mm-hmm. um you know now that we've had that like wave of this like buzzy celebrity focused like the that crowd come in see this dip and then like kind of churn like a bunch of them churn now i think there are people who are like there are like hardcore builders uh building some really interesting crypto projects and i want to see what comes out of that uh next year yeah i'm going to at probably steal that it's just i think uh, there's so many amazing technologies building in crypto yeah. uh some which are public some which are not uh public and i think 2020 is going to be a theme of building things yeah. uh, uh and you know we're going to see some very interesting technology progress for example in crypto uh, uh you know things making things faster cheaper safer more privacy aware a lot of fun things uh in the works and i think it's just going to be world of just year of nerdy good technological progress so that's just really excited for that yeah i'm excited about that what are the tech trends uh 
are you thinking of? Um, there's, you know, I think outside of like the pure crypto world itself, I think like getting that like next set of uh, normal users excited about crypto as such, not not so much because of using crypto as a different technology, but, you know, building tools around on-ramp and off-ramp, just like, you know, I love the very boring infrastructure projects. I love like B2B enterprise tools, like all of that stuff. But I think uh, world of fintech uh, meeting crypto, I think is going to be really interesting because uh, like, you know, for us practical problems on like money movement and money transfer when we sent money back to our folks in India and stuff for years, this has been like not an easy solution. And uh, um, just solving some very specific problems around uh, uh, fintech as such, I think it's going to be kind of interesting. No, I agree. Uh, Vitalik has a great post, I think, on uh, the things he's excited for 2023 and yeah. uh, financial uh, applications are at the top. This what list. about uh, social media, world of creators? Well, 2020 was an interesting year for that. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, one, I think we kind of saw what parts of creator economy have like some real meat behind them in terms of application you can build. Yeah. Um, you know, I think some you also saw some people who are like, you know, really not uh, into uh, crypto and who sort of wound up leaving. Um, and I think 2020, um, you know, I, I, I'm long term, very, very, very bullish on the idea of like creators and communities and the authentic ties that they have. In fact, you know, Part of what we do is all about that. Um, and I think we're going to see more of this. You're going to see you know, different kinds of platforms. You're going to see different ways for creators to wind up connecting. Uh, you probably want to see creators wanting to control or have direct connections to their communities. I think with all the events of this year, creators are realizing that, hey, you know, we can't always be attached to one platform. You need to be on different platforms. You need to have uh, people's email addresses or phone numbers or whatever the, the case may be. So I do think you'll see creators want to have those direct connections without middlemen, which actually is very good for crypto. Yeah. Okay. Um, one, I think, one trend, I'm curious to see where this goes. You see, in the beginning of this year, it was very fashionable for people to talk about future of work mm -hmm. and remote work. And, uh, you know, lots of people started out being like, remote is the future, there's no going back. And now somehow it's become this like controversial decision. Uh, where now a lot of people are stepping up and saying, well, if you're a small company, you really have to like be in person. You shouldn't be remote. I would actually be very suspicious of small companies coming to um, do fully working remotely um, as such. And now it's become fashionable to say that. I think uh, Elon at Twitter too is like, oh, we should all like meet in person and build stuff in person. Um, I'm curious to see what that trend looks like on uh, remote work and what the future of remote actually looks mm -hmm. like for the for technology, because I do think there are some advantages to remote. Uh, it helps you know people can be wherever they are. They can you know as long as you have a laptop and internet connection, you can kind of like show up and do the work. Um, it saves commute. It saves travel time. I think when I was uh, working at Meta, sometimes it would be like two hours each way mm -hmm. to commute. And, uh, you know, you'd kind of like on good days when you had like proper working internet, you could like get some work done on the buses and back. But now, like when the pandemic hit, you realize like, oh, my God, you're getting all this time back. Like mm -hmm. you now have four hours of time that you can actually productively use. Um, and so I'm curious, like there, I think for me, there were like some advantages to going fully remote. But I do see when I work with early stage founders, how interesting and important it is to like meet together and like I miss the idea of like brainstorming and whiteboarding together in a room and just like coming up with ideas and I think there is this level of energy mm -hmm. 
that I really miss that we don't have in person. So I don't know. Uh, what do you think about uh, future of work? Well, I think there's going to be schism there. I do think uh, there are a set of companies, people who will really lean into being back in person. They're going to do really well for certain stages. You know, I think this might be also a generational thing where there's a, you know, there's a whole generation which has now been totally used to remote work and it doesn't want to come back. Uh, so I think a few things. One, you, I think for early stages, you're going to see people kind of come back to in-person uh, experiences, the whiteboard experience. But two, I do think you're going to see on the other end of the barbell, if you will, people really push what it means to build remote organizations. Yeah. For example, we talked about proof of stake. Uh, you know, you can't get more decentralized, more remote than what Ethereum has managed to do. So, you know, amazing feats of technological achievement are possible. Whether we have the infrastructure, socially, technologically, to make that happen, debatable. Uh, you know, uh, exactly why, you know, we would love, I'm sure, you know, the firm I work for would love to fund more things here. But I do think we're going to see a barbell between the incredibly intense in-person approach and the remote work approach. But, well, those both should be fun. Crypto... Uh, uh, Crypto, AI, AI and, and remote work, future of work, uh, creator tools, and, uh, you know, creators and communities coming together. I think those are like really good trends to go keep an eye on. I like it. I like it. Well, we'd love to hear from all of you, which is what were your, some of your favorite episodes, moments, books, movies? Also, like your personal moments, like mm -hmm. what's been like interesting for you? What's happened in your lives? You know, we read every comment, every tweet. We actually do... Even even if it is like incredibly critical, mm -hmm. we actually you know take everything to heart and like um, and and take it seriously. So please leave a comment um, if, if there are like interesting moments that you think we had missed. Please point it out. Uh, Shuram actually has like more stuff in there. I'm seeing the doc and it says uh, favorite sports moment, uh, <laughs> favorite TV shows. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think we missed a whole bunch there, but. Um, we would love to hear from you on what was exciting for you. What did you like in our shows? That would be really fun for us. It's a little bit of an ego boost. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we'd love to hear what you liked. And if there's anything that you'd like to see us do next year, specific guests you want to see, topics you think we should go cover, um, let us know. We'd just love to hear from you. I agree. Uh, and most of all, hope you had uh, an amazing year. Hope you have like an amazing holiday uh, um, and Merry Christmas or whatever it is you're doing. Happy hope holidays. Happy holidays. And we'll be back next week with a fun episode. But till then, have a great holiday. Yeah, see you. Yeah.